Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. Now, if you've been following our show for a while, you will probably recognize our guest today. We have Jenny Boster. She is back to talk with us again about even more female composers and women composers. Now, you may know her. She is a wonderful pianist, a great teacher, a clinician, and she owns The Playful Piano. It's a website where she offers all sorts of teaching resources and ideas for piano teachers that teach all different levels of piano students. And she is also the curator of the annual Women Composers Challenge, where she introduces music lovers to all sorts of women composers and other composers that are really worth learning about but don't get too much attention. And it has been a great success. And so much has happened over the last year with women composers and the exposure that they're getting and people being excited about it. And so I invited Jenny back to talk with us again about women composers and to introduce us to even more composers that we should be listening to. So thank you so much for being here, Jenny. Welcome to Musicians Versus the World. Thank you. It's good to be back. And so you've had a very, very busy year. You've done all sorts of things with women yes. composers and getting the word out. Tell us about some yes. of the things you've been up to. So probably one of the biggest ones is I published another book about women composers that was based on last year's Female Composers Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a Shades of Sound coloring book. We talked about that on the last podcast. So it's it's a listening and coloring book, and it covers all 31 of the composers that we learned about last year during the challenge. So that was a really fun project to get that out there. Um, I've, I've done some conferences. I've exhibited at some conferences. I've presented about female composers, which is so fun. It's so fun to kind of share my excitement and try to get other people aware and excited about it too. Yeah. What has been the reaction of people? Are people pretty excited about this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can, you can like feel the energy in the room. Some people are like, yeah, you know, they, they just like, why don't we know about these women? You know, once you start listening to their music and start learning just how many of them there are and realizing I have never learned about any of these women before in all of my training, you know, many of us through college music programs, it's fun to see people get kind of excited that there's all these new people to learn about. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you are just so ahead of the curve because we talked about this a year ago. And then all of a sudden this March, which is, you know, Women's History mm-hmm. Month, women composers were everywhere. Yeah. Like they're just oh, yeah. having their, their like <laughs> time in the sunshine. And yes. I think I talked to you about this before, but I like to listen to different shows when I'm walking my dog. And I was listening to performance today and they played this piece and I was listening to it and I thought, I know this. Where do I know this? I know this piece from somewhere. And they announced it. And oh my goodness, it was Summer Song from your Women's Composers Challenge from last year. Yes. And I was yep. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, look at this. This is fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. I recognized it outside of content. You recognized yeah, it. Which is yeah. amazing. And then second, it was just awesome that it was like on this national platform, just playing it. It was just yes. part of the programming. I love that. I feel like there's there really is a lot of momentum happening. Mm-hmm. So even since last year, since last year when we talked last, I think there's been at least four anthologies of piano works by women published. Wow. That I know of. There's been a lot. Wow. Yes. Um, so I'm amassing quite a collection, but that's really, really exciting because I think when we talked last, we talked about, you know, where do you find their music? And it's like, 
I don't know, it's hard, but it's getting easier even just after a year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of books out there now right. with women composers piano works. Yeah, I remember you saying that you went into a music store and they like had no idea. They had nothing. They're like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. really exciting to see these books put out there and I hope that they can get more into the mainstream. You know, but it's up to the teachers to buy them and to, you know, to know about them. To, That's true. You know, to assign them to their students. But. That's true. Because there needs to be the demand or else they won't keep publishing. Yes, definitely. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, like you said, if you go onto Instagram or just different social media, there's a lot of people kind of doing similar work. Mm-hmm. Um, and several that are new, at least to me in the last year, there's piano music she wrote. Yes. Which is fantastic. Um, Everybody should go follow them. They are cataloging all the works, piano works by women on the IMSLP website. Um, the Boulanger Initiative, there's Hensel Pushers, which is awesome. They're putting all of Fanny Hensel's music freely available, you know, on PDF. Um, there's a new site also called Her Classical, which focuses on women from the classical era. There's videos, there's information about their lives, and there's sheet music. Which oh, is wow. awesome because I feel like even just when we talked last year, it's like it's really hard to find nicely engraved, published music other right. than the handwritten um, mm-hmm. manuscripts that you could find. So it's really cool that there's a lot out there now. Yeah. Well, and also I think talking about just being out there, one of Florence Price's compositions, well, two of them, won a Grammy this year. Really? Did you see that? Yes. No. She, yes. It was the Philadelphia Orchestra. They had recorded Florence Price's Symphony Number no. One and Three, and it won Best Orchestral Performance at the 2022 Grammys. That is awesome! I had no idea. Isn't that great? That is great. That is really great. I love that. Yeah, there's just I just feel like there's a lot of momentum, and I feel like um, I just did a quick. We talked about the symphony performances. I feel like the numbers are going up a little bit from the ones I had looked at. I know in Utah, I think this year it was seven percent works by oh, women. Wow which is still pretty low, but I mean, I, and I think it's partly because Arlene Sierra, who was one of the composers we talked about this year is the composer in residence and they premiered a lot of her stuff. So that was partly why, but I looked last night, the New York bill, I think they're about 18% of their works this year were by women, which is fantastic. So, um, I feel like there's a lot of momentum happening, which is awesome. That is awesome. And I feel that a lot of piano competitions, especially, are focusing on underrepresented composers. Uh Yeah. Our alma mater, BYU, just they just Mm -hmm. participated in one of those too. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. And that's not just women composers, but also other composers from um, different countries or different races that are underrepresented. There there's really a push for diversity right now. I love that. That is so great. And I was thinking about that, like, you know, what's our ultimate goal? I think the ultimate goal is to teach them together seamlessly without having to qualify it, you know, not right. having to qualify a woman composer or a female composer. It's kind of like when people say girl boss, like, you know, can you, can you just be a boss, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and I know some people have said, oh, why do we have to just call them female composers? Well, I think that's the goal is to put them, have them together, taught together where you don't have to do that. But they have been so underrepresented and just erased from the narrative for so long. It's so important to do this work, to focus on them, to get them out there. But I feel like that's kind of the ultimate goal 
is to teach them together. And I'm yeah. trying to do that with my own students. Just just recently, I thought I'm going to start doing a composer of the month. And we just, I just teach them a little bit about the composer. We listen to some of their music, kind of just in little bits and pieces here in the lesson. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm starting with a female composer. So we started with Amy Beach. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, just recently I was having them, okay, how many composers do you know? Let's time for one minute and see how many you can write down. And even the, the little ones, Amy Beach, that was the first one they knew. And I was like, yes, you know, that's what we want. You don't have to say female composers. Like, let's just teach them to the rising generation along with the men. It doesn't have to be 50-50. Just teach great music right. by all composers. And I think that's kind of the goal. So, yeah. Yeah. And I've actually had a lot of my students ask, they're like, is there any like women composers, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Of yeah. course. Let's yeah. like, here you go. Actually, one of them was because her hands were too small. She was playing something, uh, I think a Tchaikovsky. She's like, my hands don't reach this. Are there any women yeah. composers with small hands that actually wrote <laughs> stuff? And I'm like, why? Yes, there were. Yeah, Let's go that. listen to this. And isn't it great that you know, and that you have the resources to be able to right. do that? Like a year and a half ago, I would have been like, yeah, yeah sorry. I have no idea. Yeah, but exactly. I sent out a survey about a year ago. I, well, I presented last fall uh, all about female composers. And so I sent out this survey to a bunch of teachers just to get some thoughts on it. And so many of them were like, I had no idea. Like I had no idea. Like there's just no awareness. Yeah. Even, even recently that there are so many. So it's really exciting that yeah. we're getting more aware and we're, you know, we're learning about that. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the women composers challenge that yeah. you're curating. So tell, just explain, I know we talked about it last year, but explain a little bit about your goals and why you, why you put that together. Okay. Well, really the goal is awareness. Like I was saying, mm -hmm. I just want to spread this awareness to because once you're aware of it, you can't help but realize right. and think, Oh, where are the women and who should I be teaching and what should I be doing? So, um, during the month of March for Women's History Month, I highlighted one female composer each day. Um, I put together a listening calendar. And then every day I just send out an email with some information about their life. So you could get to know them a little bit, what, you know, where they came from, kind of their life story a little bit. Um, and then we just listened to their music. And we focused on totally different composers than we did last year. So it was fun to kind of curate this list. And I'm still like, well, I'm not really amazed because now I'm like, there are so many, but it's amazing how many I'm finding because I already have this huge yeah. list for next year of really fantastic ones. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many. Once you start kind of diving in and listening, like there's no going back. Like you just <laughs> find so many. So it's been really fun. Well, and I also loved, I loved you had so many living composers this year. Yeah. So many yeah. new composers to listen to. And you kind of dived into film music because so many composers are doing both art music yeah. and film music or both art music and theater music. They're so multifaceted, some of these composers. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's another important point is that I, I feel like all of our training composers were white, male, and they were dead. <laughs> you know, we didn't, I didn't, you know, we didn't really... At least I, I don't think I played anything by a living composer either. So I think it's really great to show our students and just, you know, to learn that there are people, young people our age, younger, you know, our youngest this year was 16, who we focus on. Um, yeah. There are people composing today. And I think that's really inspiring to students to have a role model. Mm -hmm. um, I, have, I had a story, a, a 
good, good friend of mine, her, she and her daughter did the challenge last year and have, and have read some of my books and, you know, done the, the listening and coloring books. And she texted me one day with a, a screenshot of her computer. She opened up the computer and it was a music notation program that was open and her daughter was composing like a, it was like a harp concerto or something. And just saying how like she was saying, I want to be in one of Jenny's books someday. I want to be a female composer. I just love that. Wow. You know, the power of having a role model that looks like you is really big. It really is. Um, And when I, as I've learned about these women, I get really excited when I can relate to them in some way. Um, Little story, like, so this, so last year, one of our women was Florence Price that we right. focused on in the challenge. And in the fall, I was working on my book and trying to get it done. And I actually had foot surgery. So I was just sitting there for a couple of weeks, nothing to do. So I focused on getting that book done. And so I'm sitting there and my foot is all bandaged up in a bit, in a boot, you know, and I was researching Florence Price. And I learned this cool story about her. She broke her foot. And while she was you know, just sitting around waiting for her foot to heal. That's when she composed her first symphony and her piano sonata, which both won like prizes that year in this big competition. And that symphony was the first one to be by a black, a black American woman to be, you know, performed by a big orchestra. So I thought that was so cool. And there was a quote where she said something like, I don't know if I'll ever be so fortunate as to break my foot again. Cause she got so much done, but I just had this like, this cool moment with Florence is I'm sitting yeah. there with my foot and just relating to her and to her story. And that's, that's why it's so important. Music is a reflection of somebody's story and it's a reflection yeah. of the world that they live in. And mm-hmm. so by only listening to the music by men, we're leaving out half the population's experience. And so context is really important and just representation because we learn so much from these, these women, mm-hmm. especially when we can relate to them in some way with like a, a an injured foot. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one of the things I love about your challenges that you do put their life stories in there and some yeah. of these stories are just heartbreaking and like drama and some yes. of them are, are very nice but the, I was just thinking about Henriette Bosman's. Uh-huh. I mean you can't make you can't make that up what she what exactly. she did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much yeah, and during the war she went through so much. Mm-hmm. She was she was Jewish. Anyway, she yeah, it was it's fascinating to learn yeah. these stories. So she was she was half Jewish and yeah. she wouldn't join the Nazi party and they kidnapped her mom and they had yeah. she had to go in, this Jewish woman, she had to go in and convince them not, you know, to let her mom go. Yeah. And she wasn't able to marry the man she loved and there was just yeah. so oh, much. Yeah. I was like Oh, is yeah. your life for real? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the other one I think of, which is one of them I wanted to share today was Mel Bonice. Did you, yes. did you remember her story? Yeah, yes. Uh, she, I'll just tell a little bit about her. She was, so Melanie Bonice is her name. She actually published all of her music under the name Mel Bonice mm-hmm. to kind of disguise her gender. And it mm-hmm. was incredible that most of her music was published during her lifetime, which is amazing. Yeah. She wrote like yeah. 300 works tons of piano mm-hmm. works like gorgeous piano works like I don't yeah. even know why I didn't know about her before now just recently but yeah. so she was born in Paris she lived during the the Belle Epoch the beautiful period where like mm. they're constructing the Eiffel Tower and there's all this art and music and science and just like awakening happening and 
she studied at the Paris Conservatory, same time as Debussy. So she was, mm-hmm. you know, at school with all these great people. She had, she fell in love with a classmate, mm-hmm. you know, they had this, this romance, but her parents did not approve. So they pulled her out of school and she ended up going into an arranged marriage at age 25 with a man who was like 50, I think. And oh, wow. he was nice. Like he was a nice guy, He but he didn't like music. And so she, there's this like kind of juxtaposition of her living this housewife, this bourgeois housewife life and raising, yeah. he had like five boys and I think they had mm-hmm. a few kids. So she spent about a decade just raising all of these kids, um, just being this proper, perfect housewife. But really she was this incredible romantic composer. Yeah. And she ended up reuniting with this, this love interest from college and he I think he helped her actually meet her publisher and he you know he kind of encouraged her and she started composing again all this amazing music but they had an affair and then a a secret child oh my goodness a secret daughter (laughs) who was raised by a foster family who later ended up staying with Melanie and her family didn't know she was her mom and the girl fell in love with her half brother. Like you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> anyway, just crazy, 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 fascinating life. Um, but she was an amazing composer. She was very re- renowned during her lifetime, and yeah, she wrote a lot of amazing piano works. So yeah, she was fascinating. Yeah, and she was one. I think I have seen some old sheet music of Mel uh-huh. I think, but I never realized that she was yeah. a woman. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm excited to kind of dive in more and try out some of her music and to learn more because gorgeous, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beautiful. And she wrote so much of it for piano. She wrote concert works as well as easier kind of pedagogical works as well. So that's mm-hmm. really cool from a teacher standpoint because there's going to be music you can assign to your students at a younger yeah. stage. Yeah, and that is one thing. It's nice to have some of those easier works to introduce because so many works are, well, a lot of these composers were, you know, performers themselves. And so they wrote things that they could perform. And so some of them are a little bit too technical and too difficult for some students, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to see the ones that did some easier music as well. Definitely. And since you brought that up, some of these anthologies that have come out are leveled. So the piano music she wrote, ladies have put out two volumes so far and they start out really easy. And a couple of, a few of them they've arranged to be oh. more accessible, but most, you know, there's a lot that are really accessible for the younger stages. And I think they have a third book coming out. And then there's another anthology by one eye publication and it's mm-hmm. the same story. They're leveled. So you can start out with easier ones for the younger students, which is awesome. That's good. What was the story that kind of spoke to you the most this year? I mean, you had Florence Price oh, last year, but what about this yeah. year? You know what? Okay, this was kind of weird. The one that spoke to me, her music did not initially speak to me the most. But when okay. I learned her story, like I loved her so much. Ruth Crawford Seeger. Mm-hmm. So she was, her music, so, so I first listened to some of her music. It's ultra modern. It's like super dissonant. So it's not like, which is, a, I feel like is an acquired musical taste. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. But, you know, I kind of kept her on the back burner. But I started reading about her and she's so fascinating. And I just like, I just was inspired by her. So she was composing like the 1920s and thirties and she was a really important 20th century composer. She was one of the most prominent female uh, 20th century composers in America. She went and studied with actually her future husband before they met because he was her teacher, her composition Mm -hmm. teacher. 
Charles Seeger. So she was a pianist and a composer. So in the 1920s and 30s, she was composing really like ultra-modern dissonant music. But she was actually, she loved Bach and Beethoven and Mozart and Bartok. And she was, she was apparently a, just a phenomenal piano teacher. She used a lot of improvisation in her teaching. There was a story about a boy who came to her and he loved jazz. He was really good at jazz, but I think his parents wanted him to learn classical. And so she had this way of just like meeting her students where they were. And she said, oh, that is so neat. Can you teach me how to do that? So they started kind of improv- improvising together. And then she said, well, what if we put this, you know, this Bach melody with this? And so she started adding in like a Bach melody and he just loved it and kind of some more classical chord progressions. And he just like ate it all up. He loved it. And she just had this way of connecting with her students. And she just sounded like a phenomenal piano teacher. Um, She also, she was like an amazing mom. She loved kids. I think her husband had three kids that were her stepchildren and she had four more and she said she would have had more if she could she was just this devoted mother she was always singing with her children and I was reading this an interview with her kids and her husband where they talked about her and how just seamlessly music you know kind of wove into their family life and many of her kids ended up being folk singers oh wow and then she also I I loved this about her she she kind of got into preschool music instruction, like mm-hmm. was really young because she was in charge of her daughter's nursery school one day. So she's like, well, what am I going to do? So she had them lined up in a train and had them singing and all of this stuff. And I taught so many preschool music classes. We did the same thing. We did trains and we did, you know, little instruments. So I just love that. I could really connect mm-hmm. with that. And she presented on early music education to like hundreds of teachers. Wow. And then she kind of like, went off from the ultra modern composing later and became a folk song curator um, at the Library of Congress. So then she was curating and transcribing American folk songs. So she had this like just multifaceted career, but just knowing about learning about her life, I just thought she was so inspiring and it made me like her music more. So I thought that was really neat. Um, and so important to learn their story. Isn't that interesting that you can connect with the composer and it makes you enjoy their music more? Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Because now I hear it and I think she was amazing. She was this amazing pianist. And, you know, just thinking about her whole life story, it definitely adds context to the music. And that was a really cool one this year for me. Yeah. Where did you find all of these composers? How did you find them? Um, so I listen a lot. I have an Apple Music subscription and I just, I listen a lot. And I'm on some women composer groups on Facebook or just, if I ever see something, I screenshot, I have like this whole album of screenshots in my phone. <laughs> and then I just look them up on Apple Music and I just have tons of playlists like yeah. for future things. And it's, it's so fun. There's so many people out there. There's so many composers <laughs> that are so exciting. So I just, I just listen a lot. And then when I find somebody that I'm like, oh, I really like their music, then I kind of dive in and try to learn about them. And Well, and you were so helpful um, at the end of this challenge. You had nine steps to raise awareness that you mm-hmm. sent out for all of us so that we can find even yeah. more. The whole goal was that this challenge was to just be a jumping off point. Do you want to talk a little bit about the nine steps that you laid out? Yeah, definitely. So, and, and this was geared towards piano teachers specifically, because I Mm -hmm. really feel like we're the ones who are going to change the story. Like we really are. 
you know, yeah. when I have my little student and she says, Amy Beach, and she's so excited about it. Like, okay, like we're the ones who can do it. It's not, yeah. you know, it's going to be a slow process as our students learn and grow up. But so the first thing is just to search out their names, just try to find them. You know, you can find lists of, you know, you can find lists of them. Um, and I gave out a list of, you know, composers you should know at the end of the challenge as well. But just start looking and trying to find their names. And then, of course, listen to their music, which is what I do. I just listen all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, it's so great these days because you can stream music. You can, music, yeah. it's at the tip of our fingertips. I remember when I was a teenager learning music and my dad had to take me to the bookstores to, mm-hmm. you know, Barnes and Noble to their CD section to find a recording yeah. of my concerto I was learning. You know, we are right. so blessed to have all this music just at our fingertips just listen like listen to their music um but then I think it's important to go a step further and play their music start Mm. playing it start sight reading it um and because then you get to know what is going to work for your students and you know what what they're going to love and it's just so much fun to play it and then Mm -hmm. of course it's so important like we talked about with Ruth Crawford Seeger learn about their lives that's right. when the music really comes to life and yeah. you get, it gives it context and you really, it really um, makes it more meaningful. Um, the next one was to support local performances by women because mm-hmm. they're not going to put them on if people don't support them. So if you, if there's a performance with female composers, you know, try to go to it. That's really important. Also um, buying music that mm-hmm. published music by female composers and like we talked about there's it's getting easier to find I would love for the next step to be an anthology that includes women's music and men's music together mm-hmm. that's you know the future yeah. goal but you know this is it's great that there's so much available now way more than last year which is crazy um yeah amazing and then start teaching it to your students you know yeah. there's there's you can find easier music by women for your younger ones. You can, there's so much available. Mm-hmm. You know, I encourage people to get some of these anthologies and start playing through them and start assigning them to your students. And then including female composers when you teach music history or listening, whatever you do in your studio, which I think is really important to always be doing something with music history and listening. Just mm-hmm. start, get, you know, getting them listening to it, getting them, to know about it with my students you know they had a lot of fun I try to teach them things about the composer that they could relate to so with Amy Beach I taught them how when she she wrote her first piece at age four and they're always like what you know and she composed it away from the piano in her head she was at her grandpa's farm for the summer and she composed it in her head and she got home and said mom and she sat down and played it and and then I, I have a copy of it, so I would play it for my students, and they're just, like, amazed, you know. So there's little yeah. ways you can put it in, you know, teach them the history that they yeah. can connect with. And then the last one is just as, you know, go to your local music store, like we talked about, and mm-hmm. ask them what they have and see if they can maybe order some of these books and, you know, buy mm-hmm. from your local music store. But let them know that we're interested in, mm-hmm. in piano works by women. And I also like the idea of searching out living composers and going and seeing their concerts and and not just streaming, but maybe buying their albums or finding a way that you can directly support, support them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So that, Definitely. And I, I was just kind of thinking about how much easier it is now to find things. 
And I was thinking about when I was in college, I remember my my teacher did ask us, I want you to find something and I want you to play something by a living composer. And I didn't even know like where to start. Right. You know, and so yeah. social media has really, really helped. I'm like, what do I do? Do I go look at like magazines? Do I run? Mm-hmm. But but now with social media, not only can you learn about these composers, but if they're living, you can find them. You can ask them questions, you know, you can yeah. see follow them on social media. You can message them, which I've done. I've been messaging some of them that we've learned about and it's it's so great. It's awesome. Yeah. And their reaction has been really good. I've seen how they're yeah. like, Oh my goodness, you know, and they're yeah. they're so excited that people are listening to their music and if you go and you find them and you support them you know yeah. premiere something that's brand new you never know but if you mm-hmm. like create a relationship between some of these living performers and living composers I think not only does that help with the women narrative and the female composers narrative but I think it helps with classical music just in general and it oh, yeah. keeps it in more of like the mainstream consciousness yeah you know? definitely it makes it more relevant you know yes. there's so many fantastic living composers that I think can help get young people interested in classical music today because right. it's, it's so, their music is awesome. It's really great. And I yeah. think of Sarah Kirkland Snyder. I've been listening to her Mass for the Endangered, like on a loop. It's so gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's so it's, it's a kind of a modern take on the, the Catholic mass, but it has poetry mixed in about the planet and about animals and, you yeah. know, the natural world it's but it's gorgeous so it's it's a cool way there's and a lot of composers are doing that kind of using their platform to you know share something that they're advocating for and that means something to them and that can help bring people in to enjoy the music as well yeah absolutely and I think because music really is about human connection and when there is a living human out there composing then you realize I mean I just I get so tired of people telling me that classical music is dead and there's no more. And I'm like, no, that's not true. There's so much out there and there's so much, there's so many different styles of classical music. Now there's so many different types of composers out there. There's something out there for everybody. And I mean, I just applaud you for bringing so much awareness to female composers and to like lesser known composers or maybe composers that are young and starting out. It's a wonderful thing to do. Thank you. I think it's important and it's, it's exciting. Once you kind of start, you get really passionate about it. And so you're, it's, it kind of fuels you to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you? What are you going to do now? Are you going to make another well, book out of I, this I year's? Will. I probably will eventually. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a big job. It is a big job. It is a big job. It's so fun, but yeah. So I probably will make a book, you know, about these ones eventually. I have, I have like a half finished shades of sound curriculum that goes through the musical periods. And I think I told you about it last year. I was yeah. working on it pretty hard last year. And then I got busy with some other stuff and I've kind of put it to the side, but I pulled it out the other day and like, I need to work on this because I think that's the goal is to have a history curriculum or books that just teach them together seamlessly. So I'm going yes. through each of the different periods, Baroque, classical, and, and presenting both, presenting the famous awesome. male ones along with female ones. I think that's going to be really important to have that. But I love it that you're putting them together because, you know, like we said, a lot of these, a lot of these composers that you have talked about from history were very important in the music scene while yeah. they were alive. And Definitely. it's just over the years, they've kind of been erased from the narrative. Definitely. And so by you putting them back in, it's actually a more accurate telling. It is. History. It is. And I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's so important to know that A, there was tons of women composing through every era of music. Yeah. 
and B, like their music is incredible. Um, and just like the men, you know, some will be more incredible than others, but right. you know, I've had comments of people that say, you know, every, every piece I've listened to by women is just, it's just not very good. And it, I had somebody actually say that to me in a, in a comment and it's really? just, the harmonies are off. And so that I was like, no, that is so not true. And that fueled hmm. me to put together this list of piece of recommended pieces by women. And I sent mm-hmm. that out as part of the thing too, because I'm like, there are so many gorgeous works yeah. by women. And um, once you start, once you start discovering them, you, you see uh-huh. that, oh yeah. So these are, these are just as beautiful as the works that we have grown up listening to. And it's important that we start to hear them as well. Yes. We've kind of been taught that since we were little, not implicitly, but kind of in the background that the men's were, that was the real masterpieces. Yeah. And, oh yeah, you know, and you just kind of have to realize that's what's there and you need to listen to the music for what it is. And yeah. you realize that there are some that are not as profound as others, but there are plenty of profound and oh, forward thinking and just yeah. kind of pushing the boundaries, compositions by women as there are of men. We just kind of have to put our preconceived notions behind us for a little bit. Yep, definitely. And just listen, just start listening. Just listen. That's where it gets me. Like if you just start listening, there's so much music out there that's just incredible that we have never heard. <laughs> and it needs yeah. to be heard. I think it deserves to be heard. So Yeah, yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming and talking with me. Do you have any last minute bits of advice for people wanting to know where to start? Um, you know what? Honestly, just start start listening. Start playing. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much out there. Um, go to go to imslp.org. Um, mm-hmm. in fact, go to Piano Music She Wrote. I'm doing a plug for yeah. them. They're amazing. They have a whole they have cataloged all the piano works by women and they're putting out videos every week. That's a good mm-hmm. place to start to get some names um, and to get some music that you can sit down and play. But, but look for some of these anthologies. We've got piano music. She wrote, we've got Melanie Spanswick has just put out a new anthology that I just got the first one and it's awesome. Um, one eye publication is great. They have a three volume. Those are really great because you can start, putting them into use within your studio and assigning them Mm -hmm. to your students. But yeah, just start diving in. (laughs) All right. And I'm going to put a plug in for you. Also, the Playful Piano and the Shades (laughs) of Sound is the best place to start, honestly, because (laughs) thank you. You know, because you have these curated lists of what to listen to, because sometimes it's hard just to know, but you have that list that's, and you have uh, the YouTube playlist that you can just easily go and find. And then you have these gorgeous illustrations that has the tactile that you can color along and really express yourselves physically as well as listening. So I'll go ahead and plug that for you. Thank you. And you know what? And it's it's really good. It's great for all ages, really. So if you're a teacher or just a just a music lover wanting to know, get the coloring Mm -hmm. book. It's it's fun for all ages, honestly. I enjoy coloring them. But it's yeah. also great for your students as well. So it, yeah. it, it is a good place to start. Thank you so much uh, for coming and bringing the expertise. I can't wait to see what happens this next year with yeah. women composers and with you and with um, Shades of Sound and all of these things. It's such an exciting time. Thank so, you so much. Thank you for being here. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. 
A very special thank you to Jenny Boster for joining us again to talk about female composers. If you'd like to learn more about Jenny's research on female composers, or if you'd like to see some of the other great products that she offers to music teachers, go check out her website at theplayfulpiano.com. You can also follow her on Instagram or Facebook. And while you're on social media, give us a follow and be on the lookout for a special giveaway that we'll be doing in upcoming weeks. Jenny shared a ton of places to continue to learn more about female composers, and I have all of those listed on our show notes on our website at frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. In today's episode, you've heard Phoebe from Mel Bonice's Three Pieces for Piano, Opus 30. You can find the sheet music to this and many of her beautiful piano pieces on IMSLP. Musicians vs. the World is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. Also, if you're more of a visual person and are interested in seeing our faces, you can now find us on YouTube on our Musicians vs. the World channel. And if you want to help us reach more people that may be interested in today's topic, please share this episode with them or leave us a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you need to reach us, we'd love to hear from you. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can send us an email at info at Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe and have a great day.